The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more over the line! This, I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line, that's a problem. Is the Cigar Authority. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? The Authority. Is that a serious question? On everything cigar. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. And out of the cigar industry. Sounds pretty awesome. With your host. You have to use so many cuss words. David Garofalo. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Mr. Jonathan. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Barry Stein. Put a scotch on the rocks. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, a single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glengow. Any Glen. It's time to light them up. Sounds really fun. It's time. Cool. 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 For the Cigar Authority. I gotta have more cowbells. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, November 11th, 2017, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. It was 25 years ago today that a 155-page glossy magazine about cigars crossed my desk for the first time. And I saved it just for you, just for today. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition, a no Mr. Jonathan edition of the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to the holiday edition of the Cigar <laughs> Authority, broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. We've been awarded the Ambassador of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine and awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world, cigar radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you can catch the podcast on demand anytime or our daily blog on thecigarauthority.com. And Mr. Jonathan is doing what he does every time this year. He is... Dancing with Men. Dancing with Men is Indian name. That is his Indian name, Dancing with Men. You've heard of Dancing with Wolves. He dances with men. He, he is, um, what is he, the all-star? Um, uh, living, all, le- living legend of dance. Living legend of dance. He really is. Yeah. He is... Uh, He's important, I guess, in the in the world of dance. Dance, which I don't yeah. know how important, but really I don't, is. I, I don't know, but uh, that's what he's doing. So uh, we're on our own. I, I feel like I'm uh, in first class over here. <laughs> Big giant desk. You're off to the side. The show must go on. We're going to do it anyway. It's like having a whole row to yourself. Yes, you can kick your feet up. Please keep your shoes on. Yeah, has that happened to you at the, on the plane? I've whole seen row? it in a. Well, I've had a whole row to myself yeah. before, which is heaven. Yeah, but I've seen people with their feet up barefoot, and that's just flat no. out nasty. Oh my god, that is not debonair at all, at all. So uh, today uh, we're going to go through uh, Cigar Aficionado magazine. Twenty-five years ago, it's just amazing that uh, it was twenty-five years ago. Congratulations to uh, Marvin Shank and all the folks at Cigar Aficionado magazine for pulling off twenty-five years. Twenty-five years of any company to keep it going that long is a milestone for sure. It's a big deal that it ended up happening and a, and a big deal for our industry. Um, so uh, let's light up in honor of Cigar Aficionado right now. What are we going to smoke, Barry? Sounds good. Today's first cigar also happens to be the first cigar in this month's Cigar Authority Care Package, and we are about to light off the Christoph Criollo, which is made at the Charles Fairmont Factory in the Dominican Republic. This torpedo measures six and a quarter by 52, and it features an authentic Criollo wrapper from Cuban seed grown in Honduras. 
The binder is also a Cuban seed, but this time it's grown in the Dominican Republic, and the fillers are rounded out with tobaccos from the aforementioned Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. It retails for $8.89 a single, while a box of 20 sells for $154.99, which comes out to about $7.75 a cigar for a savings of almost 13%. If you can't find this cigar at your local brick and mortar, be sure to check out twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. And the band that's on a Kristoff, if you ever looked, it's, it's hard to differentiate if it's tobacco. You know, it, it isn't. It's paper. Right. But it looks like tobacco itself of, of the band that's on here. Unfinished foot, uh, dark. Um, it's oily, yeah. but it's not going to really win any beauty, beauty contest. Right. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of veins. Um but that's all aesthetics. Most of the time, it doesn't really affect the taste Part of the Part of the allure of Christoph, and I remember when it first came off, it was uncellophane. It was in the box with the tobacco leaves all around it, and a rustic, rough-looking box, like um, not plain down. Uh, right. It wasn't like unfinished. Yeah. It was non-sanded. It yeah. was not varnished. So that was part, that's a part of the charm of a Christoph cigar, that it actually looks tough. Yes. You know. Um, so let's give it a cut and light. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands are raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lower them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And Dave, we're going to light up today's cigar with the Vertigo Glock, which is a triple jet lighter that sees all three jets lined up in a row that allows you to paint the foot of a cigar. It features the patented big-ass tank, and it has a big-ass adjustment wheel on the bottom, and it retails for the low price of $14.99. Have you lit yet? I am not lit yet. All right, Cheerios, the, the, all the stuff at the bottom of the box of Cheerios. Come on. Ah, uh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're right. The stuff at the bottom of the Cheerios, which is what? Cheerios dust? Cheerios. Is, there a, yes. is there a name to that? It's like angel dust, but it's Cheerios. Yes, Cheerios. Don't snort it. I'm a professional. I can do that. Don't you do that. And it's funny. When I was a kid, I hated that the most. If that stuff got in my milk, yeah. I was the big. no, I'm not eating it. Get it away from now me. Now you pour it down your throat. Now I pour it right out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> down your throat. So the unfinished foot kind of makes a mess. You've got to be careful as you're lighting that. The Glock is good because it's actually three jets. I, I actually like it better than the flat flame, the legitimate $100 flat flame, uh, because it's three big jets. I also like that it's thin and small enough to fit into your watch pocket on your pair of jeans or your change pocket, whatever you want to call that little pocket that, so doesn't have no a use anymore. Yeah, it does no have a use for a cigar smoker because it fits the Glock perfectly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here it is. Uh, the cigar boom started in, um, I would say, 1990. And we didn't know it was the boom. It didn't have a name to it. But I was in the cigar business, and business improved by uh, 1990. You could see something happening. And then I went to the... RTDA, which is now the IPCPR, it used to be called the RTDA, Retail Tobacco Dealers Association, and the RTDA didn't like being known as dealers, like drug dealers or something, it was a negative word, so they ended up changing it to IPCPR, but anyway, um, in 1992, usually there's a breakfast one of the mornings, 
and then you're off on your own the rest of the time. Well, this year there was a breakfast in the morning, and then there was a breakfast the next morning too. Well, the next morning's breakfast was sponsored by this aficionado, and there was talk about what was going on, but this was the answer to it, and Marvin Shankin got up on stage, and he told everybody, I'm putting out a magazine called Cigar Aficionado, and uh, look for it, and we're going to um, you know, really uh, talk about cigars in a, in a classy, classy way. Um, and got everybody pumped up, and um, that was at the trade show. Now, before this, though, he was already in the magazine business. Wine Spectator. Right. So he definitely had the cust- the client base, actually, and we're going to go through page by page of this, but you can see he had the client base already for the luxury item. Uh, I don't know how luxury cigars were at the time, and he's going to go a little into it, into the magazine of a little more luxury than I think it was, but, you know, at that time, I had three stores in Massachusetts, in East Boston, Somerville, and Everett, Massachusetts, very working-class cities, and it was not a luxury item to me. It was what the guys got, and they, they bought some cigars, and that was it, and some of them a little higher end than, than uh, other people, but it, not reading this magazine for the first time, it was a new world to me uh, at that time, eight years in the cigar business. Um, so here it is here. Uh, this is actually the copy. You know, I didn't buy an extra copy or anything like this. This is the, this is the copy I got um, in 1992. And, um, you know, very interesting getting ready for the show and going, going back and looking through this um, of uh, the full circle we, we've taken in the cigar industry right now. And as we get through it, we'll look at that. Um, the, the price changes, uh, pretty fun looking at the prices in here because do they still do that? They show the price of the cigar? They do. Yeah. So you'll end up seeing that. But really there's two worlds in the cigar industry. There's BCA before Cigar Aficionado and after Cigar Aficionado. So um, what was happening, BCA, before Cigar Aficionado? Before Cigar Aficionado, we had, um, you might want to change that picture, Barry. Uh, Before Cigar Aficionado, we had some of the biggest selling cigars for us at the time. They were um, Swisher, for instance, um, Swisher International. They had a brand called Bering and La Primadora. Those were big. The La Primadora was the bundle. The box of cigars was the bearing. And they were one of the big, big leaders in, believe it or not, the premium cigar industry at that time. Another company out there called Consolidated Cigar had a brand called Tiamo that they actually distributed for somebody. Um, and Don Diego, H. Upman, brands like that. Those were the biggest thing going at the time. Then you had General Cigar. Um, Consolidated Cigar now is Altadas, mm-hmm. so you'll understand uh, who they were. Uh, General Cigar um, had a brand called Macanudo, uh, a Jamaican cigar brand. They also had Potagus, which was an old Cuban brand. And there was a company out, a um, smaller company in where were they? Uh, New Jersey, based out of New Jersey, called Villazon. They had a couple of brands, Punch and Hoy de Monterey, incidentally, which was the same exact cigar. And they, they didn't even make believe like it was a different cigar. One of them, Huerta Monterey, they used for the West Coast. And Punch, they used for the East Coast. Same exact blend, same exact product. 
Um, so that's what was happening before Cigar Aficionado came out. That's the stuff that was on my shelves, uh, along with other things too, but that was pretty much the majority of what it was there. Um, and now we look at um, what Cigar Aficionado comes out with, and me as a retailer going through it was very, very interesting because it was a whole bunch of brands I never heard of, and that's because maybe the rep never came to the store. You know, how else would I know about it? Because there was no internet, there was no nothing. Either the rep came and showed me these brands, or I never knew they existed. There was no, uh, you know, maybe at the trade show would see some of these brands, but some of them uh, were owned by some of the companies that were selling me the brands, and some of them were little companies that didn't even show up at the trade show, so it was a, a lot going on there, and uh, I didn't know which way to go. Right now, the way I want to go, though, is um, the matchup of the week. It's time for the matchup of the week, brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars, who would win this hypothetical battle? Barry, it's all you. I'm going to win. Whatever you say is going to be the answer. Uh, interesting, today is Mr. Ed, the talking horse, okay. versus Mr. Jonathan, the talking ass. <laughs> so in what? in what? It's in a 10K... Marathon, running marathon. It's so basically ho a horse versus the man in running. It's the and horse. there is an answer to this. There's a horse. I think maybe there was one. 10K. There was one athlete that tried to do a 100-yard dash with a horse. Um, it might have been close at the beginning, but I remember he really couldn't keep up. So a horse, even at a slow trot, a horse is going to outrun an individual. So the answer is Mr. Ed. The answer is Mr. Ed, but not in a marathon. The horse, the man, can keep going, and the horse cannot. That's the one thing a, a, a human has over an animal is they keep going. The man keeps going, and the horse ends up. But, Dave, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> but he's it's the wonderful Mr. Ed. It's possible. Mr. Jonathan's not the wonderful anything. No, he is not. <laughs> The wonderful Mr. Ed. It is the wonderful Mr. Mr. Ed. Ed. So I guess it is Mr. Ed because he is one. No, but the answer is that the man could, could – they've had races, marathon races, and the man, a regular man, not even you got to get one of those guys out of Kenya, a regular man can sometimes beat a horse in, in distance, in long distance. Although the New York Marathon – Me and you ain't going to win. The horse is going to win. He can, walk, he can walk it in. You we, know, maybe if they have a hot dog on a stick maybe yeah. instead of a carrot. Mm. But the New York Marathon, uh, an American woman won it last mm. week. First time First since time. 1992 or something yeah. like that. So yeah. here we come. Does it necessarily have to be a Kenyan? No, it doesn't. Not anymore. So, uh, yeah, that's a, it could be a toss-up. It depends. Uh, Mr. Ed in my, his prime and Mr. Jonathan in his prime. My religion does not allow me to vote for Mr. Jonathan. Mm. So, therefore, it is Mr. Ed. You're um, the uh, never Jonathan. Yes. Never Mr. Jonathan. Yes. Yes, yes. I, that's, the, that's the altar I worship. There we go. So, what are you getting out of this, um, this Christoph cigar? I get the same thing that I get with a lot of Criollo tobacco. There's uh, a, an excessive nuttiness. Um, in this case, kind of a cross between pistachio and almonds. Ah. But I'm also getting a, a little bit of a floral aroma. And uh, I think I deserve this. My cigar is smoky. I don't know if you get it, this it, on the it, video. It, yeah, it's smoky. Smoky. You got cigars that, 
that smoke themselves. This yeah, is one, one of, them. of them. I mean, wow. A lot of smoke out of this. I, I don't think it shows up on camera as much because no, I, it, I saw it, somebody else doing it, a yeah. show, and they were smoking a cigar, and they were waving the smoke away like there was a lot of smoke, yeah. but you can't see it. But from where I am, you know, Aaron, right? Wow, there's a lot of smoke going on here. Hey, the thousand people smoking along with us can attest that A, it has a thin burn line, B, it has a nice marble ash, and C, it is smoky mm. as smoky can be. It's smoky barbecue, like barbecue smoked meats. I got a little. It's good. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's get to Cigar Aficionado. 155 pages in this issue, all gloss, um, and inside, actually, a little booklet that doesn't even count as the 155 pages, and we'll get to that little booklet in here. I want to go through all this. Um, so, you know, again, they, they're a, a company that um, is writing about luxury goods at the time. See how big the word cigar is, by the way? It was Cigar aficionado. Yeah. Now it's the other way now around. Now it's the other way around. It's cigar, very little, aficionado. So this is the turn they have. But premier issue, um, a picture of a cigar on the cover. It's not a famous person. It is a cigar without a band on it. You can't see what it is. Um, and a little about the issue. And the cigar is uh, being placed in, in an ashtray, it looks like, in here. But that was the cover of it because it was all about the cigar at that time. Things have changed a bit. Uh, so I'm going to open it up, and uh, the center of it is a two-page spread, which magazines love to do. is a two-page spread, the same advertiser. And um, you're looking at Barney's New York, and um, a girl um, putting her tongue in a, in a guy's ear and biting the ear on the other picture. Um, and um, that's it, Barney's of New York, which is a men's clothing store, right? Is it men's or anybody's clothing store? I, I believe at the time it was men's. It might have switched. Yeah. Um, but was Barney's big outside of New York? You know, I grew up in New York. It's well, Barney's of New York. Did they have a Barney's in Boston? They had one in Chestnut Hill, it says here. Chicago, mm -hmm. Dallas, Houston. Mm -hmm. So there, there was a bunch of them. Um, and they decided on issue number one that we want to be in with the cigar smokers because apparently they were sold on that the cigar smoker dresses up very nicely. You wouldn't know it from our audience, nor us. No, but yeah. we're in constant needs of shirts from the ashes that put holes in them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so then going on to the next page, uh, there, there he is, the editor, editor's notes, and this is Marvin Shankin. And nobody knows him at the time in, in the cigar world. He's very, very known when it comes to the wine world. But um, he writes a new men's lifestyle magazine, and he says... To launch a new magazine in 1992 calls for a stiff drink and a fine cigar. And he loved cigars, and he thought this would be a good thing to do. So he ended up making this publication, Marvin R. Shankin, editor and publisher. Um, so here we go, table of contents. And on the table of contents, we have a picture of Gregory Hines. So here is the um, movie star that's in here right now, Gregory Hines, uh, the late, great Gregory Hines, and you know him from maybe Running Scared with Billy Crystal. Right. He was Sim. also in uh, White Nights. Yeah. Um, I think he was in Tap. 
He was in a, he was yeah. in a lot of movies. Yeah, tap dancer, uh, yep. by the way. So um, here he is in there, which is which was great because now they're showing wow, celebrities are smoking cigars. I, I, imagine the retailer at that time. There's no cigar magazine. Even the consumer looking at it and seeing, oh my God, movie stars are doing it. High end people. Um, so what what is going on here? And the editor of Wine Spectator magazine is uh, making this magazine. So we're in good shape here. Um, me as a retailer, I'm like, holy God, um, you know, look at the attention that's going on and, and who they're going after. This would be great. People with disposable income, lots of money, uh, is the people smoking these cigars because in the neighborhoods that I had our stores in, that, that not necessarily wasn't the, wasn't the case. Um, and, and they were looking at the prices of the cigars and there wasn't a whole bunch of choices when it came to Two Guys Smoke Shop, that's for sure. So moving on to the next page, the ad here is for the Cadillac Eldorado. Cadillac Eldorado, which, uh, great, they're staying with it, right? Page after page of uh, this is definitely a lifestyle um, of the rich and famous, I guess. Um, and, um, by the way, in the um, editor's notes, he, he, Marvin Shankin mentions that people are starving for information about cigars. Very interesting because as the retailer, again, at that time, <coughs> nobody was really asking a lot of questions about cigars. They were coming in and getting their cigars, and that was it. Thank God, because I didn't have a lot of answers until Cigar Aficionado came out and then started talking about certain things. Immediately following the release of Cigar Aficionado, people were asking lots of questions. So it stirred people in to start asking questions about it. And then it seemed, unless we were just behind the eight ball in the Boston, in the Boston market and New York where he was, was different. I don't know. So table of contents, I won't go through it. But the next ad here is Cartier watches. So you'll still, still see that in Cigar Aficionado today, that uh, watches. And you would think people have their phones, cell phones, and their um, time is with you at all times and stuff, but still the watch business, big money uh, watches still happen apparently. Uh, so here he is there. Um, and then I'm looking at the contributors here um, of issue one. Pierre Salinger, one of the contributors to Cigar Aficionado. Pierre Salinger was the um, JFK. He was the uh, Secretary, of St Secretary of State, right? for John F. Kennedy, along with uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. And here he is contributing to this magazine. Again, you know, we're only a few pages in, and you're seeing the lifestyle of what this is, the type of people, the movie stars, the, the famous people that you've heard of, the historians that are in here. And, um, wow, you know, sitting there in my little cigar store and going through the pages, uh, you know, brings me back at that time saying, wow, you know, Am I in this business? Do we have the same exact business that I'm looking at? And uh, it was just amazing to see. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep going through this, but what is our early thoughts right now on Christoph Cigars? You know, it's, it's that continued nuttiness for me, although I do see some of that, um, like a steak that's been seared on a barbecue. Yeah. There's, there's some of that, like the outsides, well done. Burnt the, ends. Yeah, the, the burnt beam. ends, even though the center's cooked to perfection. Yeah. I definitely see that. Um, now, this is what, Sumatra, you said? Criollo. Criollo, Criollo. It's, it's very hard for me to determine the, the Christoph ones, which ones, one to the other. They look so similar. They do. The yeah. Maduro has a different, an extra band yeah. on it to separate it. 
Um, but they all have that similar, the similar band. Yeah, rustic looking. Yeah, type yeah. Thing. Nice texture. Would you to say it this too? is the go-to, the regular go-to size? I, I think. I mean, go go-to blend. blend. I believe this is their top seller. So, yeah. To this day, this and and maybe the Maduro. Hmm. Um, but the Criollo is the one that I go to time and time again. Yeah. So, you know, occasionally I like the pissed off Kristoff. If I'm smoking early in the morning, I like the Connecticut. Uh, but I would say three to one on Kristoff, I'm going to the Criollo. This is their baby, right? This is the one that brought them to the game. Right. I, this I is say. their core line that their company's built around. All right. So let's go to break. And when we come back, the next page is going to be the first cigar ad. It's page 10. Ever in Cigar Aficionado was 25 years ago. I went through it page by page through the number one, num, issue number one of a cigar magazine called Cigar Aficionado. Today we're doing it again, page by page. And you know, I didn't send a letter to the editor. I actually received one. And I'll talk about that. I'll share that letter from Marvin Shanker to you and lots more. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. This is David Garofalo, and you've heard me say it over and over again for many years. Please support your local cigar retailer. And I mean it. If you don't buy from them, they will go away, and then what? There'll be no place to go. That being said, sometimes you're far away from any cigar shops or a place that doesn't carry the stuff you've been hearing about and you want to try it. That's where TwoGuysCigars.com comes in. It's the number twoguyscigars.com. And unlike most online cigar shops, at twoguyscigars.com, you can buy a single cigar of whatever you want. You don't have to buy boxes or even five packs and suffer through cigars you might not even like. One of this and one of that is acceptable, appreciated, and commonplace at twoguyscigars.com. That's the number twoguyscigars.com. Thank you for your business. Ooh, we're gonna have fun. When the Cigar Authority returns on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting 
up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced a cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor, smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing pot. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Jerry from Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream and you're listening to The Cigar. 
Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we are back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage, and we're about to fly through 155 pages of Cigar Aficionado Magazine 25 years later. Welcome back, everybody. We're smoking the Kristoff. Nice cigar, as I say, I, I was just talking. My cigar was down for quite a while. It, it smokes itself. So I like a cigar I can go back to, and it didn't automatically go out. It stays lit for me. It's st- still smoking. That's one thing I like about this cigar. And, you know, I can put it down at work, answer a phone call from somebody at twoguyscigars.com, shameless plug, yeah. and pick it back up and not have to relight it. Yeah, it still goes. Keeps, keeps, us, keeps the fire burning, right? They wrote a song about it. <laughs> So, Cigar Aficionado Magazine, 25 years later, the first ad. Any guesses out there? The first ad. In I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Padron because they were in – Padron's always scored well in the magazine. Were they rewarded for being the first ad? Well, Padron wasn't even in business selling to brick-and-mortar retailers at the time. They were selling to the cafeterias there in Miami. Uh, so, just 25 years ago, right? Everybody – Padron since 1964, but not in retail cigar stores and not the cigars as you know them today. Have you ever had the Padrones from the cafeterias? No, the first Padron yeah. I had was probably in 98 or yeah. 99. They're mixed fill, okay. um, but they're handmade cigars, and they would actually make them there in Miami at the time. Then they moved to, Nic- moved to Honduras first, then Nicaragua also. They had both going on. Again, I can go all day with them. We haven't even really turned. But I mean, the-, the easy answer would have been we're smoking Macanudo in the second hour, so it probably is Macanudo. It is not. Okay. The answer is for two. Davidoff. Davidoff was the first ad in Cigar Fishing Out. There it is with the tuxedo. Again, they See, are going high end. Now here. that shocks me, and, and I mean no disrespect to the Cigar Aficionado. Davidoff has really never scored, their white label has never really scored well in the magazine, but yet they've been in business with them since the first, first issue. issue. Page 10, the first issue, and they mention their store in Madison Ave. And they mention, by the way, uh, order a complete Davidoff catalog. So people are thinking that they were only in the cigar um, direct sale business uh, recently, and that's not true, right from the, from the very beginning. Lots of stores in Europe. So uh, the next page says, Welcome to Cigar Aficionado Club, um, is how they pulled it off, the Cigar Aficionado Club. And in the club, which is cigar smokers, they say who the cigar smoker is. So who is the cigar smoker? It's 46-year-old, married, college-educated executive or professional with a household income, remember this is 25 years ago, of $194,000 and a net worth of $1.54 million. Now again... Everett East Boston and some of them Massachusetts. This was not my customer. No, but. and in Brooklyn, New York, it wasn't the customer either. Granted, six years later when I first got into cigars. So I don't know where they're getting that Well, they, from. they got that number from more than 1,300 people. Took a 30, 30 minutes to fill out a four-page survey. Uh, they obviously didn't get that from me, nor, you know, I, I was probably making 20000 a year. Um, so I'm curious where they took that that. Yeah. From. Was it through Wine Spectator? Now I could picture the average meeting. And it all, and it all depends. You, 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 you have the meeting at, at the Ritz-Carlton of the people, you know, of whatever it is, and maybe it's different. Nearly 80% went to college. Uh, 55% said they were um, postgraduate degrees. Nearly 50% of the people reported had incomes between 75000 and $300,000. 
you know, again, I was looking at this, I was like, wow. Yeah, I, I still don't see it. I mean, I, to me, cigar smoking's the blue-collar worker. It's the police officer out on patrol, and I knew a lot of them in the 68th Precinct in Brooklyn that would stop into the store, buy a cigar, and on their tour, they would smoke in the car. Granted, in New York City, you can't smoke in a patrol car anymore, but to me, that was the cigar smoker. So how many people bought by the box? That they, they Remember, over 1,300 people. What percentage of people bought cigars by the box? Their numbers are so skewed, I'm going to say 63%. 73% bought by the box. And spent over how much per cigar? Uh, back then, per cigar, five sixty. Three dollars. Okay. And that was a lot of money, folks. I was there. Let me tell you, a lot of money if they were paying over three dollars a cigar. And we're going to get into the prices of the That's cigars. That's how they had money. They were cheap on their purchases. Dominican Republic represented fifty-two percent. Honduras, twenty-four percent, and Jamaica, seventeen percent. Not one word of Nicaragua. Not one word. Uh, so Canary Islands, they mentioned, and everything, but just amazing uh, the change-up that happened here. But I'm going to tell you some things that, um, you know, even though it was 25 years ago, come full circle and become what it is. So let's keep flipping through here. Next ad is for an ad for American Express. So they, they go in, uh, they go in high end here. Uh, again, uh, some people look as American Express as a higher end card as opposed to Diners Club. Or right. I mean, it wasn't a credit card, so to speak. You paid it off in one song Yes, because you, you could. Because you could. Yeah. <laughs> now it's uh, letters to the editor. They call it Out of the Humidor. And uh, people sent letters to the editor. Now, this was amazing to me because there was no magazine. And they have four pages of letters to the editor, um, dated and everything. Um, but word had got out that this thing was going to open and um, led us to the editor as early as 1991. And this was late 2000, uh, 1992, and they were writing in there. But I know it is true because I happen to know a person. I got to know him after the fact. But the late, great David Ladishev, he was a cigar retailer here in New Hampshire. He wasn't a retailer at the time. He was just a consumer and a, one of my customers. Um, in Boston, that he used to come into Boston at the time uh, to get a, to get cigars, but he was uh, he wrote, "I'm a 31 year old and have enjoyed cigar smoking since the age of 11." That was his letter to letter to the editor, David Ladishev, Dover, New Hampshire, and uh, the editor responded, "While we do not encourage underage cigar smoking, already PC at that time, we would seriously uh, know what you were able." Um, when you were able to practice outside in out of the view of parents and school teachers. By the way, did you have a favorite brand as a boy? So uh, very interesting, though, of, of all the c consumers writing at the time. Next ad is Smith Barney, which is financial. Uh, more letters to the editor. And now inside here became a four, well, actually, one, two, three, four, eight-page, eight-page book inside here, and Macanudo's on the cover, one by one by hand, and it opens into a six-page spread, and the other side is Partagas in a six-page spread. So they, here they are putting 12 pages within the Take, book. Taking a page from Playboy with a fold-out? 
Right, right. <laughs> Pulled out of pitches, which to me is uh, tobacco leaves and it's it's, it's porn, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's porn. <laughs> for, the, for the cigar smoker. Um, so that little booklet's in here, and I still have it intact, um, I'm happy to say. And more pay letters to the editor uh, in there and asking all kinds of different questions, which, which started the whole thing of that it wasn't shameful to ask the question, which was it did change everything. As receive, on the receiving end of it, this magazine came out and people started asking questions that never, I'm eight years in at that time, never asking questions before. So it, they did so much to this industry to, to spark a lot of things that ended up happening. Um, and, and now they're starting to talk at, um, at page, no page number on there, where are we? We're probably 28, page 28. Now we're talking for the first time actually about cigars in it. And this is Robusto's, the hot cigar of the 90s. So 90s came and Robusto's became the hot cigar of it. And Edgar's on the other line over here, on the other end over here, um, agreeing. His head's going up and down because it was Punch Rothschild, which was a big, big cigar at that time. As, as a retailer, these were boxes of 50 and no band, no cellophane. And people would dig their hands into this box of 50 and come out with a handful, and that's what they would bring up to the register in my neighborhood. No, it wasn't 76% of people buying by the box, especially a box of 50, but handfuls of these Punch Rothschilds um, as one hot cigar that was going on at the time. So Robustos, they say, were, were the thing. Robusto cigars, 49 to 50 ring gauges and um, five inches long. Uh, and that um, was the bigger, thicker cigar because at that time it was Lonsdale's. Lonsdale's, Coronas um, were um, what we had the most of. And they're talking about pricing here at ridiculously low prices for as low as about $1.50 per cigar. So this is where the ratings comes in, folks. Uh, and in the ratings, they do put prices that are in it. And it's funny, you know, we're talking 25 years ago. To this day, I would still say Robusto is it's probably still the top seller. I mean, the only thing that's really changed, I mean, you've probably still got the Robusto at number one, the Toro, and the Gordo. But the Gordo didn't exist 25 years ago. No, it did not. There was no such thing as a 60 ring gauge, that is for sure. Um, you know, 50, 52. I remember when a 52 came out. That music means it's time to hear the Don Raphael Offer of the Day, brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? Today, Barry Stein, this is to you. The offer is $200,000. A lot of money. $200,000. Give up the internet for one full year. No cell phone, no home phone computers, no software, including anything that you need for work which means you'll probably lose your job or be out for at least a year. Will you give me my job back after the year is up? Yes, I will. Then I'll do it. If you accidentally use it, you lose it. I would still do it. Really? Yeah, I would love to disconnect for a year. I, really? Yeah, don't forget, I've been I'm doing this since the start of Twitter, the start of Facebook. We're talking a long time. I am so socially media burned out. I have seen how it changed from conversations. Uh, cigar smoke is virtually getting together. And to agree, it exists in some groups like Cigar Cartel. But it's just become so much about politics. 
and so many people getting what, what we call internet muscles that yeah. it's no longer fun. Used to be the tweet ups and meet meet the people. You do a little chatting and stuff online, right. and then meet face to face and, and end up doing it. talk. Yeah. Now it's everybody's on their phone, and I, I'm personally I'm a little burned out. It went it. it went a little too far, right? Yeah, and I would love to give it up. Uh, you know, I, I got the um, Trans Am to give away this year, the Smoking the Band of Trans Am, and it got me thinking back in those days, and I always wanted the Trans Am. Uh, just couldn't afford it, couldn't do it, but I have it now, and we're going to give it away. But the thing in those days before social media was the CB radio. That was our social media yeah, at the time. And they used to call them eyeballs, that you would talk to somebody on a CB radio, and then every once in a while they'll say, there's an eyeball happening at such and such donut shop or whatever. And all the cars would go there on their, with their CB radios, put the phone down, the uh, radio down, and actually go in and meet these people face to face. And it was socializing. Socializing, not you know. So the internet became popular for me based on CB radios and totally useless information. But in 1982, there was a, a software writer by the name of Bill Basham that created this chat software called the Versi Dial, where instead of talking through a CB, you would chat in a chat room, you would dial into your local um, hub, and then we would wind up meeting people based on that. So the CB radio gave birth to chat rooms, which gave birth to the Internet and so on and so forth. And everything's interconnected. Yeah. Like I said, totally useless information. No, but it, it's interesting what's happening here. And I wonder if it gets back to people talking to each other, which is great in a cigar shop. Yeah. It still exists in a cigar shop. But you do see somebody with their cell phone, and that's what they're doing. And there's a, there's a guy next to them smoking the same exact cigar they are. You, and I'm looking for the connection. Yeah. Are they going to start talking to each other? And nothing ends up happening. And somebody doesn't take their eye off the, off the cell phone. Right. Be it social media, porn, yeah. news, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's whatever. It it's ends up changing. It's the deaths of society. So the next page, the next page here in Cigar Aficionado is the blind taste testing. So Cigar Aficionado mentions the 100-point scale, which uh, they did with the Wine Spectator magazine. It became the, the norm in the cigar industry. Nice article uh, recently um, those guys... Um, Developing palates. Developing palates did on, on the 100-point scale. Very interesting. So here is how Cigar Aficionado, I guess to this day, supposedly still do a blind tasting uh, with their people uh, in their office that work for them. But their tasting goes to 100 to 95. 95 to 100 is a classic. Um, 90 to 94 is outstanding. So Barry, I guess, is 90 is your average. Yeah. I mean, because all cigars are outstanding to you. You love them. I'll find something good in every cigar. Even yeah. if it's not in my wheelhouse, I could see where it's going to be in somebody else's warehouse, wheelhouse, and I try to be fair about it. So it, it seems like the milestone through the manufacturer is always looking for a rating of 90 plus. Correct. 80 to 89 is very good to excellent. Which got me in trouble when I first started working for you. With one of yes. the nicest ladies in the industry, <laughs> Janine Perdomo, who I gave in 89. I was trying to be, you know, all right, new leaf, new company. Very good new to website. excellent. And, you know, I, I'm sorry that I, I offended her with the 89. And that's why I try to keep everything 90 or better. <laughs> it's better not to have any enemies. And, you know, if you're going to give them an 89, give them a 90, 90 right? Exactly. Th that's what it comes down to. Who am I to say there's a point differential in there? Yeah. 
and one to a hundred, one percent difference. I mean, yeah. so just give them the ninety if it's going to be eighty-nine. I guess is the answer. We do Cigar Journal magazine that we um, do ratings for, blind ratings, and I try to be as true as possible. I have no idea what the cigar is. I'm much is. tougher in that. Yeah, because, because you're not your ratings are not blind. You know what you're smoking before you light it. Yeah, and we sit here and we look at the cigars. Yeah. and we go all right. This is this. This is yeah. that. And then we get the results, and we're like, you know what? Dave was right on this one. Yeah. Jonathan was right on that, and Barry was right on Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you could look at this Kristoff. And know it's a Kristoff. Right. You just know it looking at it. Um, 70 to 79 is average to good commercial quality. 70 to 79, average. So you've got to imagine the majority should be 70 to 79 because that's average. Right. You're a school teacher. Seventy to seventy-nine is average. An average student. It's an average student. If you take all the scores in an aficionado, I guarantee you, and you average them out, they are not average. They score higher than average. Well, we know. We know from development pals that ended up doing that. And below seventy, don't waste your money. They come right out and say, don't waste your money on it. So in those days, they would do a tasting of a specific size only. Right. So this. Issue, issue one, is just on Robustos. And they group them together in countries. They don't nowadays. Now it's all mixed. So there could be a Dominican followed by a Nicaraguan followed by a Cuban. It doesn't matter what it is. But now they group them all together. So the first group they go to immediately, and this is very interesting, a U.S. publication, the first thing they go to is Cuban cigars. So the first thing you're seeing in here so that they're doing. Day one, they had that love affair with Cuba. Or was it that they were able to go there and, and they created an allure, which it certainly did, yeah. that, that Customers were coming in and saying, can you get Cuban cigars? And here we are all these years into it, and the guy is a cigar smoker. And I said, no, you can't have it. There's an embargo against it. You know, it started that whole thing up again. Mm -hmm. And the number one highest rated is, it's actually a tie. It's between Cohiba Robusto and a 96. So 96 is a classic. Instant classic, yep. And Flor de Cano, Short Churchill, um, which is a Robusto. They call it Short Churchill. And those became the 96, followed by the Boulevard and the Podigas Series D. The Boulevard is a 93, and the Podigas D gets an 89. Hoya de Monterey, 88. Ramona Lones, 87. So everything is up there, according to their scale anyway. But the over-90s are the Boulevard, Flor de Cano, and um, the Cohiba what, Robusto. I can't remember what the Flor de Cano band looks like. Um, it has no band. Okay. There we go. There we it. go. Barry Stein. <laughs> Barry Stein. Uh, As the Hoya de Monterey Epicure number 2 at that time had no band on it also. So uh, that was it. So now we go into the next stage, and it doesn't... You know, again, they group them together. So the next one, let me see if it's the most highest rated. I believe it is. Um, okay, it's the, so we'll call it the most highest rated cigar in the free world or in the Dominican Republic, but it's, it's every country other than there. And it actually is a three-way tie. It was a two-way tie there with Cuban cigars. The original classic three-way? It is. It's the original classic. Um, so what do you think? What do you think the number one in order, because it was alphabetical order at that point, to three-way tie? Uh, I'm going to go Macanudo, Partagas. Partagas Dominican. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and no idea. Okay, so the number one 
highest rated cigar and cigar aficionado is the Davidoff Special R. Wow, times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned right at the beginning yeah. that you said, wow, they never did give them high ratings. Yeah. There they are, the first ad on page 10, the first ad, right. and the highest rated. I always remember Davidoff getting 82s, 84s, 85s. That, this might be the first time I remember a non-Cuban uh, Davidoff because that's gotten their 100-point yeah. connoisseur rating. Dominican Republic. Uh, filler and binder and the wrapper is USA Connecticut. The and they, they describe it as the R looks so rich and delicious that it seems a shame to smoke it, but you must. It shows complex aromas and flavors with lots of nutty coffee characters and a sil- silky texture. This shows breeding. B R E E D I N G. What the heck is that? This shows breeding. No I don't idea. Does it list the price? Yes, it does. So what do you think? Oh. Davidoff, this is 25 years ago, the Davidoff Special R. Um, you're looking at, uh, they actually don't show the size. Oh, no, five, five and a half by 50. Yeah, Robustos. They're all Robustos. I'm going to say it was still high back then, but I don't think it broke the $10 mark. I'm going to say nine ninety. You're all high. $7.50. And let me tell you. That was so expensive then that I'm not spending no seven dollars and fifty cents. Is what I'm a retailer at the time. I'm not spending seven dollars and fifty cents on and on, on no cigar. Are you out of your mind? And today that cigar is somewhere around the seventeen dollar range. Sure. So it's gone up and, higher than the cost. And they of buy it like crazy. It sells well. Um, the number two cigar isn't even in business any longer. The number two cigar is the Dunhill. The Dunhill. 1987, it was a $4 cigar. Was that the blue label? It was. And the number, the t- that was a 91 rated also, and a three-way tie goes to, and you got this right, it's Macanudo. Macanudo, the highest rated, 91, the Macanudo High Park, a beautiful light brown wrapper. The Robusto has an easy draw, an easy burn, soft spice flavors of coffee, cinnamon, Nutmeg makes an excellent medium-bodied cigar. <laughs> Medium. They call the Macanudo a medium-bodied cigar 25 years ago. Times have changed, yes, huh? They have. So it is, a, it is amazing. So how much for a Macanudo? Uh, 410. Macanudo was an even $3. $3. Now, go back some years. I was selling Macanudo $1 eight years before that because in 1990, we started seeing the dramatic price increases because something was going on. At this point, it's $3, ridiculously priced, and this only spurred it even more, Cigar Aficionado. As much as it helped it, prices went up. As prices went up, we made more as retailers too. I mean, the whole thing was en- ended up a positive. Um, what's, what's amazing, and you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of – Jump the gun, okay. But it's more than double the price now, and I can't think of any product really that's had a hundred percent, more than a hundred percent inflation over the last twenty years. Twenty-five years? Yeah. No, I mean, it's happened, right? Did milk go up over a hundred percent? Twenty-five years. The newspapers went up over a hundred percent. Yeah, I got to imagine a lot of things went up over a hundred. I that's a good that's a good thing to have uh, figured out in advance. It definitely didn't follow the same scale as inflation. 
So what what is a Macanudo high pack now? Seven ninety nine. Okay, so eight dollar cigar. It was three, three six. Yeah, supply and demand being handmade product. That actually created a lot of it. Um, so followed right underneath it is, is another um, mild cigar. I, I don't know if this is even out there, really. Santa Damiani? I can't say I've heard of it. All right. So that um, we carried it way back when. Um, at 86 rating, the Atoro Fuente Chateau Rothschild, followed by the H. Upman that you mentioned in an 86. Edgar Pleiades. Pleiades, very thin blue band on it, uh, French company. They actually would package their cigars in France, and this was a high, high-end cigar. This was way up there at the time, $4.75, crazy. So, yeah, we, I think it was the most expensive cigar that was out there at the time. So before there was Maya Selva making cigars over in France, yeah. the French market, there was Pleiades. Pleiades. Um, followed by Ashton at an 82, 82. Um, no-nonsense, easy, no-nonsense cigar. That's it? Uh, very mild and grassy. Earthy aromas and flavor, 82. And the lowest price, I believe, lowest rated here on Dominican is Juan Clemente. Juan Clemente at a 76, which, according to their ratings, isn't, isn't bad anyway. It's average. So that takes it for the Dominican. Now let's move over to Honduran. Honduran, uh, by the way, we passed an ad. We have an ad for Cohiba uh, over here, and uh, that would be uh, in the lobby of the Mandarin Oriental in Hong Kong, so that is the Cuban. Um, and then Grand Manier is the next ad. So, again, they, they're going to um, high end. That's, that's who, who they're, you know, they, they said who their person is. They're actually, I think at this point, creating that that's who their person is. Or... The person that wishes they could get to that point, which, you know, uh, there was lots of magazines that came out like that, that, you know, you'd see the Learjets and all the things and wish and dream books type of things. And so, I remember when I started smoking, I was friends with a person named John, John the Beard, we called him, uh, but he would always take his cigar and dip it in the Grand Marnier. Uh, so, you know, maybe that was commonplace back then. You know, people do it with espresso. Yeah, people used to ask me, and still to this day, they say, what do you think I end up doing that? I said, you get a wet cigar and a, and a drink that you messed up, I and mean, you really sh shouldn't do that. Drink one and smoke the other one. That's what they're for. Yes. So Honduran, Honduran cigars, the highest rated Honduran cigar. Believe it or not. Was goes Camacho around yet? It was not. Okay. It was an 84. It was the highest rated and it was Punch Rothschild, which was the hugest selling thing that we had, um, followed by the Don Tomas Rothschild. I remember that cigar used to sell well for, for where I have a store in New York. Because of the low price, $1.55. $1.55. Don Ramon. Do you remember Don Ramon? No. Um, it was, you don't remember it because it was only in the UK, but it was a Honduran cigar just for the UK market. And La Invicta, which is another one that was UK only, um, and then becomes USA. The top selling USA cigar. Tiamo was, Tiamo was Mexico. Mexico. Uh, no, no clue. La Gloria Cubana Wavell. Uh. Now this, Ernesto Carrillo, if you're listening, he knows this changed his life. We carried La Gloria Cubana. It was a small, small brand. Yep, I remember the it was, it was really good for the price, mm -hmm. which was $1.50. 
unbelievable, really good, and, and in a class of its own because it was a full-bodied cigar. And they go, gave it a 90 rating for a cigar that was $1.50. Uh, this is one of the best buys and premium cigars, extre- extremely well-made and beautiful to look at. This is a wonderful smoke. Smokes uh, good medium draw, medium draw, whatever that is, and alluring flavors of coffee, spice, and a long finish. A great smoke. There was what made that little thing right there, and 90 rated, took La Gloria Cubana at that point of... Ernesto, send me uh, five more boxes of these. No problem. Two. Everything's back ordered. You're on the list. How long after Cigar Aficionado came out with their ratings did you see consumers start to ask for stuff that was rated? Right away. Okay. The right next day. The, the next day, Gloria Cubano, it was crazy. Yeah, they have the magazine in their hand. Crazy. I want this yeah. check marks, little notes in the thing. Yeah. It was a, it, we, they call it the Bible. It was the Bible. It was the Bible. Whatever it said is what is going to sell. And we, as the retailer, would get the magazine when everybody else got the magazine too, wishing we could know in advance so we could end up ordering what it is, and then immediately st- start calling these people. You know, looking at something like that, I'm like, holy God, 90 rated, and I was too late. You know, it was like, yeah, you should have called me yesterday. You're on the list, but there's no cigars left in the building. And this was a guy that would sell up as he could. Right. And it went, boom, that was the end of that. The number one cigar in Nicaragua, there's only one. There was only one. It was Hoya de Nicaragua. That was it. (laughs) So it's the number one at an 84, and it was the only one. Number one in Mexico? Tiamo. There was only one, and it was Tiamo. (laughs) So there was the ratings of it, and what it created at that point was not just um, people going after the cigars, but now the people with money reading this magazine wanted to be in the cigar industry. So now it takes it to a different level. People are reading this and saying, I can do it. People are looking at Nicaragua and saying, there's only one guy in Nicaragua? Well, I can certainly be number two. All you got to do is open it. Same in Mexico. So th- this became um, the, the people end up going crazy to try to get in the cigar business. So we're going to go to break. And when we get back, um, we're going to light up the highest rated non-Cuban cigar. One of them. It's a three-way tie. And not a letter to the editor, but a letter from the editor. Stick around. We're going to light up the highest rated non-Cuban in that issue. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. It's Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar or the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars as Raphael Nodel has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. 
aging room Solera. It will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX, all aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soil of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar age to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th Anniversary as the Decade on Steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, 
in Peloto de Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at better cigar shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This yep. is the Cigar Authority. That's right. The authority. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? On everything cigar. Got too far. In. There's too much to lose. And out of the cigar industry. Keep our composure. With your host. Come with the other. David Garofalo. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Mr. Jonathan. You know what? I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Barry Stone. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It's time to light them up. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. It's time. Good housekeeping. For the Cigar Authority. Can we just become best friends? Yep. And we are back with our number two broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage, located at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We're digging through a collector's item. It's issue number one of Cigar Aficionado from 25 years ago today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassador of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, and also awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world, cigar radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you can catch the podcast on demand anytime or our daily blog on thecigarauthority.com. So in the teens this morning, oh, it was freezing. It was cold. It's awful early in the, it's going to be a long, long winter based on uh, getting hit that hard, that cold, and the wind chill. Uh, could went through you, so we're having cappuccinos right now. I tell you what, it feels good on yeah. a day like today. Yeah. So I know Mr. Jonathan doesn't like the um, cow's milk or anything to do with milk. Right, he drinks that almond yeah. milk. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't even know, can you use almond milk in a cappuccino? I don't know, but we're not going to. <laughs> it's, it's the real deal here. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to start cranking out some hot coffee now. It's been cold coffees and stuff, but it's it's showtime here in New England. I'm looking forward to maybe an artisan hot chocolate. Ah, I heard it's fantastic. I have not had that yet, but uh, it's coming. 
So we're going through a cigar aficionado magazine, and uh, very interesting to go through of, of the uh, different articles and the prices and the brands and things that they talk about. And it'll go full circle. You'll understand um, as we as we go on what what I saw. We'll see what you end up seeing. So the next is an essay. And it's an essay on walking my cigar. And it's basically do- walking your dog, but it's walking your cigar. So you're taking your cigar for a walk, and you bring the dog with you. But uh, very, very interesting of, um, of how that, uh, that play on the article was. And, again, going back 25 years ago and looking at, at that time, uh, you know, you'd say, oh, my God, you know, like you take your dog for a walk, and it's really walking your dog. The next ad is for Habanos. In Cuba, with the brand Cohiba, again, the, um, the highly rated Cohiba was their number one rated um, that's there, and there's their ad in here. And I wondered if did Cohiba ever advertise. You don't see any Cuban cigar advertising in Cigar Aficionado or actually any cigar magazine. I never see anything, but they were doing it at the beginning. I wonder if they got in trouble for doing it uh, because, you know, they were taking money, money. from a, a Cuban company. Maybe that's and why it stopped. stopped. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to. Boy, would it be great to have Marvin Shank in, in for, yeah. for an interview someday and have him here. He, uh, you know, because, man, he, he invested a lot of money. He took a big risk on making a magazine like this. And, yeah, he it was an educated guest because he obviously, issue one, all the advertisers he has right away in issue one. I remember the Cigar Authority, episode one. And there were no advertisers, that's for sure. you got to prove yourself. But he had proven himself with, with um, um, the Wine Spectator magazine. So speaking of wine, his next ad is for Grappa, Grappa Wines. Um, and Grappa, you ever drink what, Grappa? That's a serious, um, serious thing there. So uh, he's got some uh, friends that are advertising, and I say friends, um, they know nothing about the cigar industry, but they took a chance with him because he's probably doing a good job for them on the wine end of it. So now the next story, or the real story, James Suckling wrote it, and um, it was a story of the legend of Cohiba and Alavino Lara, which uh, later on ended up becoming the blender for Greycliff cigars later on. But he was the guy at that point... Um, we go here. Um, he was the guy doing it for Cohiba at the time and building a name, and uh, he was able to end up getting out of there and uh, getting a uh, probably a high-paying job with Greycliff. And Greycliff came out when Greycliff came out. We're talking about a twenty-dollar cigar. It was like the most overly priced cigar, and it was huge though. I mean, it had a, a, a cult following. Yeah, because of him. Yep. You know, he was the guy behind Cohiba. Mm-hmm. So here he, here he was making a cigar in the Bahamas of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't mention that because at that time he's just um, with Cohiba. Now, going there and looking into the factory, the pictures of the factory, 25 years ago, and I was there in January, it's the same exact thing. I think that ashtray was right there. I mean, it's, <laughs> everything is exactly the same. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going on and he's pointing. It's time to light a cigar. Yeah, I mean, I know what we're smoking doesn't have a sense of urgency to it. No, listen, <laughs> I haven't had it in years. This is the cigar that I first began cigar smoking with. Yeah. So, And our second cigar is the Macanudo Hyde Park Cafe, 
which is now made in the Dominican Republic. The Robusto measures 5.5 by 49, and it's listed as having a Connecticut-grown shade wrapper over a Mexican binder with fillers from the Dominican Republic and Mexico. It retails for $7.99 a single, while a box of 25 sells for $174.99, which comes out to about $7 a cigar for a savings of 12.5%. If you can't find this cigar at your local brick and mortar, you're going to a good cigar shop. <laughs> yeah, you went to the wrong place. This is everywhere. Uh, be sure to check out twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. So let's see what this 91-rated $3 cigar that's now $8, uh, tie for the highest-rated non-Cuban cigar of all in issue number one, medium-bodied. Medium-bodied, really. We know it's, it, you know, when as a retailer, when, when I, you know, you got to have a scale of strength. It starts at Macanudo, mild. Macanudo, mild. We actually put those two words together. Macanudo, mild, and then maybe La Fleur Dominicana, double the hero, full bodied. And then everything falls in between of it. So let's give it a cut and light. It's been a long time, folks. It's a beautiful cigar. It, it actually. Looks kind of good. Yeah, it looks beautiful. If you if you notice the head of the cigar, it's called the Cullman Crown. Edgar Cullman, who owned the cigar brand, had a picture. I went into the factory. has a picture of his head with dots around his head. And the idea was when the roller was make the cigar, it was to resemble his crown, his head of it. And that's the Cullman Crown. And, it, and it's a little higher peaked than a regular cigar. Don't you see it? Yeah, I saw it before yeah. I cut it, but now I feel odd putting his head in, head head in your mouth. mouth. No, don't feel <laughs> odd. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And Dave, we're going to light up our cigar with the Vertigo Glock. It features three jet lights. Or three triple jets that lined up in a row, which allows you to paint the cigar. It features the patented big-ass Vertigo tank. And it even has a big-ass wheel on the bottom to raise the flame of your stick. And it retails for the low price of $14.99. And as we mentioned earlier, it fits perfectly into that little pocket on your jeans. Okay, so it's a clean taste, a little bit of hay, very, very light. Is what I'm getting out of it. There's a subtle, there was a subtle vanilla sweetness to it as well. Unlit. Unlit. Which surprised me because I really didn't expect to get much over it. And, you know, I'm trying not to be a negative Nancy. And, but it's Macanudo. Yeah. This was, a, this was in my days before owning the cigar store, and I'd go get a nice cigar, I'd get a Macanudo. And Macanudo at the time, made in Jamaica. Different cigar, same name. And I'm sure the components probably had some Jamaican tobacco back in the day. It doesn't mention, let's go back to the ratings here of it, see if they do mention. Because I'll be curious, like, you know, it now has the, the Connecticut wrapper, which it probably had back then. Yeah, so Dominican and Jamaican filler, right. Mexican binder. So the binder remained the same. Uh, but the fillers changed. It's now Dominican and Mexican versus Dominican and Jamaican. Okay. And the bind of Mexican and the USA, Connecticut, which Cullman owned the tobacco fields right. that were there. So they were using authentic. He owned them, and he, he was using the best for his, um, 
his cigar. So the description here is a beautiful light brown wrapper. Correct. Check. The Robusto has an easy draw. Check. And an even burn. Eh. Soft spice flavors of coffee, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Well, we're having a cappuccino right now, so we got it exact. I, I can see the nutmeg. Um, and an excellent medium-bodied cigar. It is absolutely a mild cigar. It is not medium. No, but I can see the nutmeg. I don't really see the coffee. But there is like a, a, a subtle sweet spice that could be canel. I got, like you said, a little vanilla. Yeah. It's creamy. It's milky. It's creamy. There's nothing wrong with the cigar at all. No, I was... I was dreading smoking it, and it's it's a nice trip down memory lane, just like this issue yeah. of 25 years. I've been smoking since 1998, so we're looking at 29, uh, 98. So two, 17, 19 years I've been smoking. Okay. So it's been you know probably 18 years since I've smoked the Macanudo on a regular basis. Yeah, and and you know because you know you, you want to be. The geek of cigars, you know what's going on, and, and is it, like, if you're a beer connoisseur or a geeking out over craft beer and stuff, you know. You're not drinking Budweiser. No, it, you, don't wanna, or, you don't want to be caught yeah. catching it because you think there's some negative thing to it. Well, there's a reason why they sell probably 50 million of these things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's a reason. And it surprises me now. Like, I, I notice people ordering beers, and um, PBR is huge. And past brewing to me is yeah, you know, which is well, it's like an old school swill of a beer. Yeah, and now I see everybody. Poor beer. Yeah, I see every bar I go to people. So it's nostalgic. PBR. Maybe it's nostalgic. Yeah. Could be. But yeah. They don't order it as past. They PBR. Yeah. So yeah, their customer is long gone. Yeah. So it's, it comes back again, and and not that this ever went away. It's still a big, huge selling cigar, but the. Younger customer will not smoke this, doesn't want to know about it. Right. When, for many, many years, when somebody would come, the, the, the Christmas holidays are coming up, the gift giver would walk in and stumble through the word Macanudo. Right. Macadoodle. Well, yeah. They wouldn't know Macadamia. how to say it. It's a, it's a Hawaiian name. It starts with a K. Macanudo. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, and we would get those things. Yes. Because they would think macadamia nuts. And then I don't know what, why they think the letter K or whatever would happen, but it, that happened so many times. Uh, but Macanudo is what they meant. It was, or it still is, the big name when it comes to premium cigars. And it is a premium cigar. It's a long-filled, handmade, beautifully made mm-hmm. cigar that t- can't take nothing away from it. Right. right. And it, it ain't the hip, cool, new thing. Right. The customer age, the average age on this cigar, it's got to be close to 60s, late 50s. Yeah, like I don't think you got your 25, 30-year-old cigar smokers smoking Macanudo. No, they're not. You know, like we had Skip on last week. Maybe and, and treat it as, as Pabst Blue Ribbon and give it a try for the first time or something. Interesting. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, me too. A- and I'm getting flavors out of it. I'm not getting the mild, mild that I, that I thought. And I, I didn't gear up and, and smoke it in advance. I wanted to do it like I, – I, I probably haven't had a Macanudo. It's got to be four or five years, I would say. All right, let's keep going through this because we got a lot to lot to get to. As a matter of fact, let's go to find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. 
It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. Well, some good news for manufacturers of cigars if you wish to look at it through rose-colored glasses and call it good news, as the FDA has pushed back the ingredient list mandate portion of the Demon Regulations for six months. Swedish Match has exited the premium cigar industry, a journey which started for them in 1999. In exiting the premium cigar industry and selling all of their shares of stock, they received more than $500 million, and one of the original STG shareholders now owns 25% of the company. New travel restrictions... You know who that is? The name? Yeah. I did, and I wasn't even going to attempt to write it down and pronounce it. Okay. It was just... One of those names that needed a vowel. Okay. <laughs> New travel restrictions are now in effect for those who wish to travel to Cuba, making it harder to visit the island. As an American, you can no longer stay in the hotels, and if you choose to go, you have to stay at a house that is rented through services such as Airbnb. There is also a large list of restaurants that are off limits, and Americans are banned from buying Cuban cigars and rum. Uh, when they're on the island, they could still buy them overseas if they want. And uh, the only people that can really visit now are family visits, journalistic activity, uh, research, etc. Uh, Fernando Zacharis has left his post of director of sales for Espinosa. No replacement has been named yet. Could it be Terrence Riley? Mm -hmm. uh, lastly, a group of 11 uh, Democrat senators have introduced a bill that would raise the tobacco purchase age to 21. And it's spearheaded by... Uh, the guy in Connecticut who's been a thorn in the cigar industry side. Mm. And that's What's Up in the Cigar World. What's Up in the Cigar World was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade-A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is what's up. I'm getting an earthy taste. Earthy. There's definitely some earthy and just some uh, other news that I didn't really put in cigar news. But last week we had Skip Martin. Yeah. Uh, we had a huge event where we had a lot of limited sizes that were available at the event. If you listened to the show last week, a few people have reached out to me. Those cigars are now available on twoguyscigars.com. So if you're looking for some of the rare sizes, uh, be sure to check it out. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to keep going through Scar Aficionado, and I got 155 pages. We are never going to get through this, but uh, I'm going to do it qu more, more quickly. I, I'm just intrigued myself, actually, going through it. Um, then the, as I say, the next story is The Legend of Cohiba, um, and they have um, a six-page story on, on the Cohiba cigar, the Cuban Cohiba, uh, followed by an ad for Bacardi Reserve. Not the regular Bacardi, but the Bacardi Reserve. So to stay in height. The next one is, this is Havana Country. And this is the um, stores that, uh, the merchants that sell Cuban cigars that are on here. Uh, more on uh, Cuban cigars. And then we go to General Motors. General Motors, uh, automobiles showing the Cadillac once again. Um, That's two Cadillac ads. It is. 
Um, the next is the story of discovering Columbus. Remember, this is 1992. So 1492, right? So right, this was, 500 uh, years. The 500 years of, uh, and, and they uh, tell a story of um, the uh, movie that was coming out. Uh, and they add for H. Upman. H. Upman, myth. The only French, may, only French make good wines. Myth, only Cubans make good cigars. So here they are mm-hmm. trying to say that it's not all about Cuban cigars. Which is true. Um, we're going to go past one page, and there's the next ad for H. Upman, back-to-back. Uh, ever wonder why, what the great Cuban cigar makers did after leaving Cuba? So here they are again. That was their thing of saying the H. Upman Dominican. Um, then we go one more page and a third ad for H. Upman. Um, when a cigar can make you forget Havana, that's one upmanship. So again, uh, I, I got to say I like that. Yeah, yeah. I- so that that was their play of what it is. I'll tell you, I gotta say, I think H. Upman was selling better before the boom than after the boom. It it, it never really caught on uh, big because of the boom. There's a lot of cigars that the boom hurt that were up there because competitors. Uh, Not did it hurt in. because they weren't able to keep up with availability, or is it because other cigars just gained in popularity? Yeah, so maybe they did grow in sales. But they weren't as popular as they were to the amount of people that were there percentage-wise, I would, mm-hmm. I would say. That was happening there. And still to this day, I mean, H. Upman is not Macanudo by any means. Not at all. Um, next story is Gordon Mott. And nobody knew who Gordon Mott was at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and actually now retired 25 years right. into it. But um, he was uh, writing articles, later becoming the editor of the magazine. Uh, Cigarland. Cigarland, the Dominican Republic, has become one of the world's largest producers of premium cigars. And a story of that, followed by an ad for Cavorsier Cognac. And still flipping through, we have Stolgenaya um, Vodka ad. So they're getting lots of liquor in there. And Wine Spectator was a a magazine for wine, not necessarily liquor, but later on, Marvin Schenken opened a separate magazine. I don't know what it's called, mm-hmm. but he owns um, some whiskey or uh, spirits magazine. Uh, Javalier Craft Coffees, an ad for them. And now we have Where Can I Smoke in Peace? And a story that um, the places you can actually smoke in peace. Which is ironic that 25 years ago yes. this was written. I thought you were going to write and, about and that. And Cigar Aficionado just had their app pulled from the Apple Store because it promoted smoking. And it Where was, to smoke. Yep, and it was an app called Where to Smoke. Right. And, he, and it was their article, Where Can I Smoke in Peace? Not on an Apple phone. And I left. That, that's a shame. And I that left is, it out of the news because on yeah. the notes I saw you were going to mention this. So I figured. Yeah, what a shame that that ended up happening. I mean, that's despicable. Which is crazy. I mean, make the app twenty-one plus. You know, it's eighteen in some states and whatever. To know where you can smoke, yeah. how about where you can drink? That's okay. That's okay. Every restaurant. There's no rhyme or reason. It's, it's, but it, it, it is so ridiculous of what has happened. I mean, we went backwards when it came to our rights when it comes to smoking. Does that, it, that's for sure. Does it list the restaurants down there? Um, I'm curious if there's a restaurant on Mulberry Street. that After New York City passed the, the smoking um, ban in restaurants, they continued to smoke for many years, racking up fine after fine after fine. 
and they kept trying to fight right, it and I fight remember it that. and fight it. And yeah. finally they gave up. Yeah. The old man that owned the restaurant passed away, and the son wasn't doing it anymore. 35 cities in the country. Uh, you know, they've got a whole bunch of stuff in here. Um, but they don't have a list. But later, later on, there was a list. They actually, Cigar Aficionado put out a book, and I have it somewhere, with all the places that you could smoke in there. And it was actually a book that we sold, and I still must have it. So here's, a, here's the story on Gregory Hines, that they do a story of him. And actually, the first uh, cigar-smoking cele- celebrity, they didn't put him on the cover. Um, next ad is Johnny Walker Black Label. Um, and then we have another ad for Habanos. So I got to imagine it's ad after ad and story after story of um, Cuban cigars. Uh, this is a legitimate advertisement that's in here. So they probably got themselves in trouble if you couldn't receive money from them. Maybe I don't know. Uh, and to me, that would make sense because why would they stop suddenly? Right, right. Uh, high stakes backgammon in Europe is a story on that. So a lot of people end up saying that there's not. Uh, cigar aficionado used to write a lot about cigars and now write about lifestyle. No, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. They always wrote a lot about lifestyle yes. in it. So it was always a lifestyle magazine that actually incorporated cigars. I think that was part of the beauty of it also, to get people that were into a lifestyle to say cigars is part of that lifestyle. Look, they, they, they posted early in that issue that the average net worth of a person yes. was over a million dollars. Right. That's who they were catering Absolutely. to from day one. You can see it. Remy Martin is the next ad. Uh, that's in here, followed by Wild Turkey, a lot of liquor ads. And now we have what does one go about improving the finest cigar in the world, Davidoff Cognac. So Davidoff Cognac, I actually have a couple bottles I still have never opened. I'm waiting for a special occasion. I should just freaking do it one of these days, but uh, not sold in the United States. There was issues with them, even the Davidoff perfume that they're not allowed to have inside cigar shops because we used to sell it. It used to be part of the goods that we had to carry the Davidoff perfume. Now, and then they made us give it back. At a risk of furthering the belief that I'm an alcoholic, yeah. which I'm not, Yeah, I would love if you ever cracked open a bottle of that Davidoff cognac because I've had it once in my life. I have never had and it. And it was phenomenal. All right, we'll definitely do it. We'll definitely do it. Um. So now we go uh, with ports. They have stories with uh, port wines and the Griffins, the Griffin cigar. This is a Davidoff uh, sold product that was actually uh, not even owned by Davidoff at the time. It was actually a club. The Griffins was a club, and it's the Griffins. Um, and that's a cigar that's kind of gone by the, way, the, the wayside. Like, I remember it being very big in, yeah. the, in the late 90s. Yeah. And now you don't really see it anymore. So here's a first ad ever for a Toro Fuente. And I, and I find it interesting that it's here because here they are in a wine cellar. Um, when I say they, a man in a tuxedo with a, with a woman um, having nothing to do with the people themselves, uh, Carlito and Carlos Fuente, mm-hmm. which later on uh, they become celebrities because of their own advertising yes. that went in it. But here uh, is the ad for Cigar Aficionado, much like the Davidoff ad, right? Of uh, tuxedo yep. and, and, and the high end high end guy with a pretty girl with a with a cognac. But still, this is 1992. Will we will never rush the hands of time. So. That's what that was. Okay, that music means we got to go to break. I still, I'm on page 101. We got 55 pages to go. I don't know if we're going to get to it. When we come back, uh, maybe a classic three way with just Barry? I don't know. 
Doesn't sound interesting to me. But Barry's going to get debonair, or is Mr. Jonathan? Mr. Jonathan recorded something before we left. He, he was, was debonair. He was debonair. All right, we're live at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Smokey Joe's is changing the dress code when it comes to enjoying a premium handmade cigar. Using the finest materials of velvet and silk, their smoking jackets are made for a lasting impression. Smokey Joe's has fitted the likes of Smokey Robinson, James Brown, Sammy Davis Jr., and now they want to fit you too with a smoking jacket. Proudly designed and manufactured in the USA, Smokey Joe's invites you to feel the inspiration of fashion from an era where clothing was designed using only the finest materials and craftsmanship. Smokey Joe's clothing continues to be a story of America at its best. Innovation, hard work, and fearless enterprise. When you light up the best, smoke it while wearing the best. Smoking Joe's Smoking Jackets. Available at SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com That's SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com Be sure to tell them the Cigar Authority sent you. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill and the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General Warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Andullo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. 
The Laurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Raised in Cuba and steeped in the rich tradition of the Fernandez cigar legacy, A.J. Fernandez produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua, ensuring superior quality. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez Cigars de Nicaragua are managed under the watchful eye of A.J. Fernandez himself. Through a fusion of inherited techniques and learned patience, A.J. Fernandez filler tobaccos are grown from prized seeds which are proprietary only to the Fernandez family. Perhaps the most essential quality of the A.J. Fernandez line of cigars, such as New World, Enclave and Last Call, is the perspective and motivation of A.J. Fernandez, as well as the history of the Fernandez family. Enjoy the continuing legacy of A.J. Fernandez cigars. Hi, this is Nestor Miranda from Miami Cigar, and you are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And we are back, broadcasting live from the Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Set. And gentlemen, Jonathan's going to get there debonair style, even though he's away. And lots more. We're fishing through Cigar Aficionado 25 years ago. Congratulations to Cigar Aficionado. 25 years. Uh, they have certainly changed the cigar industry from what it was. We're smoking the Macanudo High Park, which incidentally got the highest rating in that issue. And um, I mentioned the uh, Cigar Aficionado letters to the editor. And they did not, uh, I never wrote to Cigar Aficionado a letter to the editor, but I did get a letter from 
cigar aficionado a few years later. And um, this was when we were moving Two Guys Smoke Shop out of the state of Massachusetts for political reasons, for taxation that ended up happening, closing three stores and coming to New Hampshire and starting again after 10 years in the business. And uh, it was Marvin Shankin who sent the letter to us, and I have it framed here because I got it and I said, I want to keep this. It was very nice of him to do that. Uh, Dear John and Dave, congratulations on your recent coverage in the Lawrence, Massachusetts Eagle Tribune, and thank you for your support. So in that article, and I don't even know what that article was. I tried digging, you know, what was that article, but certainly uh, we got a lot of press on making that move to it, and I probably mentioned Cigar Aficionado. At that time, uh, the past few years have been exciting ones for all of us who uh, have an interest in the cigar market. I am determined to do everything I can to continue to build the momentum of premium cigars and truly value your loyalty. Together, I believe we can have some great years ahead. Yours truly, Marvin Shankin. So uh, very nice of him to do that. And um, it, uh, for them to continue to go 25 years uh, and continue on. I was uh, lucky enough to be at the night to remember with them. Um, they, they hate what's, what's happening, and they're, they're working hard on, on the back end of uh, political people that they know to stop this FDA um, overregulation that's happening. So uh, a, lot is, a lot has changed, uh, but then yet a lot becomes the same as we go through and see who the leaders are. So we saw the leaders of General Cigar, which General Cigar is um, Macanudo. Right. They are still the leaders in the industry. Another one, which was Consolidated Cigar, now Altadas, leaders in the industry yep. still to this day. We saw Swisher International, yep. leaders now uh, owning um, Drew Estates and Gigantic on their uh, on their on their on their own, uh, with more to come on them. Still the leaders. Atura Fuente here's an ad for Atura Fuente. Yep. Still there. Yep. Uh, they're towards the back of the book, but. Um, and getting, they had no, oh, they got a low rating, actually. I'll be curious as, as you get to the end of the book. Yeah. If they have pictures of cigar smokers like they do in the current issues. Mm. Because uh, I've been in Cigar Aficionado in that portion of the magazine in the past. Okay. Right now, let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. Take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. In Las Vegas this week, a driverless shuttle hit the streets for the first time. It was advertised as a safe way to travel downtown, and the shuttle was equipped with sensors that allows it to avoid danger. Those sensors worked as a truck was backing out of a spot and the bus filled with passengers stopped as it sensed the truck approaching. The problem, however, is it stopped right in the path of the truck and the eight passengers might hit the jackpot if they decide to sue the truck company and their driver who was cited for the accident and not the driverless shuttle. As for the driverless shuttle, turns out it's no safer than driving with your Coke bottle glasses wearing grandmother suffering from cataracts and that's not only insane, 
It's Asylum. They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away. They have not mastered that yet. No, so the wave of the future is no safer than the wave of the current. Yeah. Until the computers start learning from themselves and taking over the world. But that's another show. We'll save that for another show. There was a movie. Yeah? Yeah, War Games, Terminator. Okay, I guess. So uh, going to continue to go through it. Uh, some collectibles, an ad for uh, Mouton Cadet, which is uh, fine wine, expensive stuff. Um, Latin American uh, fine art. We have uh, travel, uh, London, England. Doral Resort and Country Club. Isn't that owned That's by it. Donald Trump? Yes, that is Miami. It might not have been owned by Trump then. But it is Trump now. All right. So it doesn't mention a Trump name on it or anything, but uh, here they are. Uh, an ad here for Villazon and Company showing the punch. Mm-hmm. Punch the guys. Uh, moving on to Italian wines and another story on Cuba. So they were at a resort in Cuba. I never saw this place, I'll tell you. But um, looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now we have an ad for Avo. Imported and distributed exclusively by Davidoff of Geneva. Avo still owned Avo at this time, and mm-hmm. Davidoff was distributing it. I think right after that is when um, they ended up uh, doing that. Uh, story here about Greycliff in Nassau, Bahamas. And here he is smoking a cigar, but that was before um, Lara. jump ship yep. and, and went over to them. Uh, a port wine, restaurants in France with a... Um, with the chef with a cigar in his mouth. So they're putting a, attention on that. Now, this is interesting, and I didn't know this was here. This is a brand called Casablanca, and at that time, it was owned by JR Cigars, which was a cataloger because it was no online at that time, right. uh, now owned by Altadas. Yeah. And they are touting their Jeroboam. And the Jeroboam was a 10-inch by 60 ring-gauge cigar. The first 60 ring-gauge It ring-gauge. is. And the half Jeroboam, a 5-inch by 66 ring-gauge cigar. So I didn't know that. I forgot all about it, to be honest with you. It's great to go through this and look at this stuff. But there it is, uh, as ridiculous looking as it is, uh, towards the back of the box. But talk about being way ahead of the game. Just like the magazine was ahead of its game before the boom. That company was ahead of the game as well. So a story on London, England. the 21 Club in New York City. Do you know what that is? No, I do not. All right. So that was a uh, club that allowed smoking in it. The 21 Club, a private club in New York City, an institution. Um, does it give the address? It does. 21 West 52nd Street, New York, New York. No. Lunch and dinner per person, how much? 150 $40. Okay. To live back in those days, yeah. good luck. You get a sandwich and a Coke for that right now in New York City. Uh, an ad for Wine Spectator magazine. The Cutting Edge, talking about uh, cigar cutters. Um, the correct cut rivals comfort, comfort share. Um, you don't even notice it. And Alfred Dunhill is an ad for Dunhill, mm-hmm. so that wraps up all the advertisers in here did have ads. Yes. With the exception of all the Gloria ra- Cubana. All the rated cigars had ads. Yes. Uh, Port Wine. Uh, another ad for this time, Dunhill Cigarettes. So that's the first cigarette ad we see in there. Uh, moving on to uh, Petite E. Nobel. Those are the little cigarillos. Okay. Um, they were distributed at that time by Davidoff. Juan Clemente, which got the worst rating 
in the magazine uh, actually has a half-page ad. I wonder if they pulled the ad after that. (laughs) I wonder. Followed by a uh, little story here, uh, a continuing story on the Fuente, uh, on Dominican Republic cigars, and having uh, the first picture I'll put here of uh, Carlos and and, uh, Carlito Fuente. You see it there. Uh, Boy, were they young in that picture. Um, Next up is... um, Nat Sherman, Nat Sherman, um, with, if you ever saw that picture of them all on the stairs uh, wearing tuxedos yes. and stuff. And um, this girl, I'm going to put this in front here, this ad on Nat Sherman. This is uh, obviously when they still owned it. Now uh, the Sh- Sherman is owned by Philip Morris. But um, the girl here, let me have here, the girl that you see in the center here, that's Michelle Sherman. And she was going to college in Boston at the time. And she would come in every week to our little cigar store. And I got the magazine, and I'm like, oh, my God, I know somebody in this magazine, which was Michelle Sherman. And she came in. I said, oh, my God, look, at here's a picture of you. You want my autograph? I should have got it. And an ad here for Nat Sherman cigarettes, followed by um, more alcohol, another more alcohol. Um, and they, they had... Um, the third page with more alcohol. So this is getting his advertisers um, from his wine magazine to jump yep. ship. A little ad here for Ashton. Um, not quite a full-page ad. Oh, the band is so tremendously different. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get that up here. Yeah, so that's an, the ad for Ashton at the time. Wow. Hey, you can see the similarities to, to what the band is currently now. Yeah, but it's, they certainly improved it. That's they, it was kind of cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they upped their game, uh, and that uh, page that was next to it was the 1992 Ritz-Carlton uh, Cigar Dinner, which uh, first cigar dinner ever. Yeah. Cigar-friendly restaurants, you mentioned. Yes. So, yes, we have a bunch of them. And in Boston, we had Anthony's Pier 4, Biba. The Dining Room at the Ritz-Carlton, Jimmy's Harborside, Lockover, and Seasons, Seasons... Have you eaten in any of them? I had. I did Anthony's Pier 4, and the Ritz-Carlton, and Jimmy's Harborside, uh, three of them that, that uh, I had done. Mm-hmm. You were in New York, Chamel... No, don't know it. Uh, Krista Sella... Don't know it. La Calique... Nope. Palio? Nope. Poorhouse? Nope. Grilled Cafe? Nope. The 21 Club? Nope. And Windows of the World? Been there. Okay. I was there for a wedding. A little cigar exchange. This is um, if they were almost like a, um, selling stuff, a little page of mm-hmm. that. We're almost at the end here. Uh, great Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Here is where P.S. Salinger jumped in here. He, he told a story of... Uh, of when he got all the cigars for the um, for Kennedy when the embargo was going to be lifted. How do I do this? There you go. The embargo was going to be lifted. And that was him getting all the H. Upman uh, Petit Coronas for, uh, before he signed the letter into Do Not... Um, the embargo. The embargo. Yep. And uh, an ad for Buick on the back page. And uh, Louis Vuitton on the back cover. And that is Cigar Aficionado, issue number one. That is it, folks. It was a, uh, it was a great issue. I had read this. I must have read this a dozen times. 
it was a it was a big deal, and it actually has changed the cigar world for the better. Uh, congratulations to all the folks that were there at the very beginning, and the ones that are there, there now, uh, keeping it alive. Cigar Aficionado magazine. So, congratulations to them. So, missing from the back of the magazine, what's currently in the magazine is they share pictures of yes. submitted of people smoking all yeah, around the world. Right. So, one of their most famous covers was the Sopranos yeah. cover. So, about a year later, Morgan Freeman was on the cover of Cigar Aficionado. And in the back of that issue of people smoking is me and a group of friends from Tom's River Country Club. And we recreated the Sopranos along with a lookalike of Uncle Junior. Really? And they put it in the magazine. With Morgan Freeman on the cover? With Morgan Freeman on the cover. I'm going to have to look for that one. Edgar Dacamanjo is here in the audience. He he has has every every issue. issue. Yeah. I wish I did. He has every issue. Um, okay, while you're enjoying life to those folks, it's important to be debonair. How to be more debonair and gentleman-like is Gentleman Jonathan. Do you need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Do you need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts. Switch on your electronic devices and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way, brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair provides its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Gentlemen, in life, there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers. Winning and losing are often as much about luck as they are about raw talent. If the ball had bounced left instead of right, the outcome could have been very different. The victor may get the spoils, but he should also act like he's been there before. Be gracious. Extending your hand in congratulations to your adversary for a hard-fought battle will go a long way to demonstrating good sportsmanship. In the end, the real losers are those whose value is tied to the scoreboard. The question is, are you debonair? Or not. There's somebody that's completely not debonair. If there's anybody that is a sore loser, it is Mr. Jonathan if he ends up losing. Everybody cheated if he loses, and if he wins, he's the greatest man in the world. Right. Without that, we see it in classic three-way. Yeah. But he saved his best debonair for when he's not here. I thought it was a great, true debonair statement. It was very Chuck Morrison-esque. Yes, but but it wasn't him. No, it wasn't. No, he he is not that person, I don't think. We should have tried to call Chuck out of retirement for, for this that? episode. I can't believe he hasn't popped in on us. I'm surprised. But you would think that not this week, but the fall, next week, the following week after that. 400th episode, right? 400th episode. Chuck Morrison, if you're listening. And I know he November listens. November 25th, the 400th episode and a special gift for our listeners. I know he listens. Yeah. Because he's commented on, you know, that I was handling the producing yeah. well. Okay. And... Uh, He's still doing the Patriots, so he drives past here at least eight times a year. Yeah, he had, he had given up the Patriots, but he does it when it fits in or whatever. Right. I think six of the eight he's going to wind up doing. Maybe they promised him a ring, but maybe this year <laughs> they ain't going to get one. Right? I don't know. I didn't get a ring. I wouldn't have done it anymore. Yeah. You, do you watch it, though? No. 
Yeah. It's on. Like my wife watches it or if I'm at a bar. Yeah. But I make sure to sit with my back to the TV. He's not an alcoholic if I'm at a bar. He's <laughs> definitely at a bar. Definitely <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> if. All right. Um, so uh, that – what do you think of McEnroe High Park? So – I went into this that I was going to hate it, that I was going to despise it. I was like, yes, I'm off camera. I could sit it down and and forget about it. I I wouldn't say I love it, but I wouldn't say I hate it. It, It's it's enjoyable. It's a little citrusy. I'm getting out of it now. Um, Look, it's not going to be one of the go-to cigars for any of our listeners. I don't think I would have picked it out blind. That said, this is a no. macanudo because there's flavors that I didn't think it had because I hadn't smoked it for you know I just yeah. understood it to be grassy and tasteless and whatever. This, why negative on something that is so popular? You know, it's for the same reason people are negative on Budweiser. Yeah, there's a reason why it sells so much. It's the king of beers. There is a market for it, just like there is a market for macanudo, and we've gravitated away from that market. I would love 1% share of the Macanudo. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you knew it was going to draw. You knew yeah. it was going to burn well. I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with this at all. Look, when we go off the air, I'm going to keep smoking it. I'm not going to just let it go yeah. out. I've enjoyed it enough to keep it lit. It's, um, I think it's the Mexican, which which... In those days, it's funny they call it Mexican. If you look in the new issue or something, it's going to have a San Andreas binder, mm-hmm. which will be different from Mexican binder because San Andreas, they can get $5 more a pound for yeah. because it's called San Andreas. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Nobody uses a Mexican binder anymore because it's San Andreas because it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, next week, we have um, the contenders for the Cigar of the Year. That's next week or the week after? It's next week. Wow. Happened so quick, right? Yeah. Um, and with us will be what we want to call a mystery guest, but it's going to be Tony and Carson Serino are going to join us. I hope they got a cigar in the contenders for the Cigar of the Year, and we'll know that uh, this week, uh, next week coming up. But uh, we look forward to for them coming, and it's a very special uh, show. Not only is it the contenders for the Cigar of the Year, but did you know that Carson and Tony Serino have the same birthday? Father and son have the same exact birthday, and do you know it's November 18th, the day they're going to be here? So we'll have cake. (laughs) That's the good news. Whether they eat it or not, I'm going to eat it. It's going to be next week. So that's all the time we have. We actually made it through. We did. So I rushed at the end of it. I, I, I could go on two episodes with uh, Cigar Aficionado magazine because uh, that, it was a big, big deal. It changed all, all those that are in the cigar industry that came in after. Mm-hmm. Believe me, that has, has pad, mm-hmm. pathed the way for you. In, in 1992, pre- you were reading that cover to cover numerous times? Absolutely. I was doing it with Hustler. Ah, <laughs> okay. And, and you learned some things, too, which a lot of people are getting in big trouble lately on that so uh, next week a big show Mr. Jonathan is back while Carson and Tony Serino sit with us and celebrate their birthday with us as we go through the contenders for the Cigar of the Year until then you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network and if you've learned nothing more in the past two hours learn this whether you're smoking your Christoph Criollo or your Macanudo Hyde Park Keep the lid end out of your mouth.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.